Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Let's shine a bright light on sex and disability together. Connect with me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza, that's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A, and use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you for clicking on the latest episode of Disability After Dark. I'm really excited to talk sex and disability with you on this episode, and this episode in particular, I'm just so excited to share. So let me dive right in and let's get right to it. I just also realized that if you're a longtime listener of the program and you've been following it over the last almost a year, holy shit, almost a year, um, you'll know that I say that I'm excited every time I record an episode, which is true. So if you're like, Andrew, you always say you're excited, that's not a fallacy. That is true. And also, a fallacy is cool because it made me think of dicks. And now, as I'm finishing this sentence, all I can think about are dicks. Um, but okay, let's let's cancel out that weird aside and get on with the show. About a month ago, I was on the internet one day, just kind of going through YouTube, and I stumbled across a video that I immediately fell in love with the subject matter. It it was kids meeting a guy with muscular dystrophy for the first time. And so I clicked on this five-minute YouTube video and watched these adorable kids talk to this this man with muscular dystrophy. Now, as I was watching this guy, I realized that he was also adorable, and I was like, I want to get this guy on my show to talk with him about sex and disability because he just seems awesome, and I want to, I want to talk with him. And as I soon discovered, he works in a similar vein to what I do, his name is Amin Lakani, and he is the dating coach on wheels. He has branded himself the dating coach on wheels. And I was immediately like, I want to talk. Let's let, okay, let's set it up. So we chatted back and forth via email, and we were like, let's get you on the podcast. Let's figure this out. And when I sat down with him to chat about everything under the sun, including sex and disability, a little bit about both of our both of our, our work. Um, just we had a really 
free-flowing conversation, which is what I love doing this podcast, is that that I never know where it's going to go, and if the guest that I'm talking with kind of lets me go to fun, flirty places, it makes the interview that much more exciting, and I love that every guest that I've had so far has let me be my flirty, fun self with them, and Amin was no exception here. You'll hear just how hilariously awkward and open it was with him. It was just so fun to play that and then to talk about some of the stuff he talks about so candidly, I think is really necessary for a listening audience. Also, we talked a little bit about muscular dystrophy, a little bit about, you know, losing some function, which is something that I am kind of becoming familiar with, given the fact that I lost the ability to go pee a few months ago. So we kind of talked a little bit about everything under the sun, and it was a really, really fun, flirty, really sexy interview. Also, he sounds like Batman when he talks. He's got a nice, sexy, gravelly voice, and I was totally into that. So there was definitely a moment in the interview where I flirt with him about that, and it was my favorite part of the interview. So here's my interview with Dating Coach on Wheels, Amin Lakani, right now on Disability After Dark. Amin, hello, how are you? Good, how are you, Andrew? Good, I'm so, so happy to have you on Disability After Dark. Yeah, it's great to finally chat with you. Yeah, we've been we've been kind of following each other on the Twitter sphere, so it's nice yes. to, it's really nice to finally sit down and have a have a chat. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and kind of tell people who you are and what you do and why, and why you're so awesome. Sure. Okay. So basically like just, uh, build myself up. Uh, is yeah, that, that's is that what you're I'm, asking, yeah. Andrew? Okay. So <laughs> my name is Amin Lakani. I am also known as the dating coach on wheels and that's what I do. I help people who want to find love in their life and, have not found that for whatever reason, whether it's disability or not. And I help them find that person or I help them build the skills so that they will more naturally attract that person into their life. And I remember when I saw what you did, I was like, that's really cool. Uh And I was curious almost immediately, like, how did he come up? Like, how did you come up with this idea? How did it? Sure. Yeah. So I, I was a, uh, I was a classic engineering kid growing up. Like I was, um, I was always in like honors classes, AP classes. I went to an Ivy League school. I pursued two degrees in four years. Like school was my strength. Like I was really good at school, and I got a job at Microsoft after that. And like I, I never had any issues uh, performing in school, and learning that and picking that up and learning how to manage my time and all that. But there's this other part of my life, the the social part of my life that was completely the opposite. Like the scales were tipped almost entirely towards my uh, education and professional life. I was very uncomfortable around people. I had never been on a date. I was 23 years old. I'd never been on a date. I um, uh, couldn't, I like, I would go to social events and I would just kind of uh, awkwardly hang out. I felt very 
uh, out of place. I didn't know how to communicate with people. I didn't really have a lot of close friends. Uh, I would always try to meet up with people, but then I wouldn't know what to talk about. Um, I also have a disability myself. I um, maybe I'll introduce that earlier, Andrew, but I have muscular dystrophy and I've used a wheelchair since the age of 15, which was my second year in high school. And before that, I was all, I was kind of just like focused on school. Uh, everyone around me was having like girlfriends and like, you know, hanging out with all these other friends all the time. And I was pretty okay at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of doing this school thing because I want to build up. I, I want to make sure I'm financially secure and then I'll worry about all that stuff. Or I thought, I thought, you know, not that I'll worry about all that stuff later, but that it'll just come as, yeah. uh, as I like girls will like me if I'm, if I have a good job if or I'm rich, successful girls, yeah. yeah, girls will like me. So I thought, you know, all these guys are off doing their own thing or they're like, you know, lifting weights and showing girls what I'm going to show girls by being rich and successful and then they'll like me. So that uh, didn't pan out because I was. I, I was successful. I had gotten a job at Microsoft. I was making a good salary and I had a car, a great home. And, and I looked around and I thought, well, I don't have any, well, uh, girls have never shown an interest in me. And I ever really though, I, 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 I've seen your, I've seen, I, I know what you look like. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> okay. So there was like one girl in eighth grade who asked me to dance at the at the eighth grade dance and I said no because like I wasn't I wasn't very attracted to her and she was she was kind of one of the like weird dorky girls which is funny because that's what I'm into now um, <laughs> but, but of course. She, yeah and she said I wished I wish I'd gone back and just said yes but I just felt so awkward and like I I wanted one of the other girls to ask me right and one of like the um, conventionally pretty yeah like, right yeah because you're, you're a stupid kid and that's what you're told right is like, that's ah. what you think is, is is the right thing yeah and uh it's funny because i messaged her a few few years ago and was like you know i really regret not as not taking you up on that offer um so and she was really sweet about it so uh, but yeah so but that was like about it that was like i kid you not i'm not i'm not exaggerating like no girls ever remotely showed interest like yeah they'd want to be friends with me they'd want me on their project group because i was really smart and i did like great work uh, in college and everything but never had a girl interested in me beyond that so again i like i've seen and where i saw you actually was yeah. the cutest thing ever was for um cut yeah youtube where you got interviewed by those kids and i was like this person is awesome yeah i need to have them on my show in some way (laughs) (laughs) thank you i appreciate that it no i just thought it was adorable when you were showing the kids about your disability Uh and like playing with your chair and i so so how could a person not be endeared by that and be like oh i should also ask that guy out for a date (laughs) right well that's the thing is like i was you know i was 23 and like i mean i I was still myself, but I, I I had all these issues, right? So I decided, okay, well, I've I got what I thought I needed, but clearly this is not what I need. And I did a lot of research on my own. I read a bunch of 
dating books and articles and all that. And then I finally just got, I, I was at wit's end and I went to this seminar by this dating coach here in Seattle. And I really liked what he had to say because he focused on not just dating. There's a lot of dating coaches that focus on just having, getting, having sex with as many girls as possible or picking up girls at the bar. Yeah. And it just, it never felt right to me. Like I tried some of that stuff and honestly it never worked. Uh, I, some girls would talk to me a little bit more, I guess, because they were just like, I think because they were just being nice to the guy in the wheelchair. And it, it never worked. It never got anywhere. And I always felt weird doing it. But this guy focused on just genuine conversation skills. And I really liked that. So I said, hey, do you do any kind of coaching? Like, how can I sign up for this? And so he, he eventually became my dating coach. And I worked with him for about four years. So it was it was a lot of time and money and effort invested, and I turned my life around. So you've seen me now, but I don't know if you've seen the older pictures of me where I I did not look as adorable and sexy and as suave as you did in that yeah, video. Yeah, as suave as I do now. Yeah, queer man. I saw that video and I was like, yeah. oh, who's this? What? How do we like? How do I get a hold of this person? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, appreciate that. So I, I put a lot of effort into my appearance, which is one of the things I learned with this dating coach is that it it matters, right? I used to think that, oh, I just want to blend in or I want to look like everyone else. But now I want to look, I want to look sexy. And what sexy means to me is when I look in the mirror and I see myself and I think, damn, I look good. That's what's sexy to me. Yeah, not what and, anyone else defines and because I think sexiness yeah. and disability is yeah. so hard like to achieve that look yeah. when you're disabled is and i've talked yeah. about this before on the show but i'll bring it up again to, sure. to 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 achieve that look of like sexiness because even though we have disabilities and we are both wheelchair yeah. users we're right. still tied to a kind of social and cultural understanding of what conventionally sexy is. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes a long ass time right. to get out of that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I used to try to blend in and try to, well, I used to try to wear what was popular or try to blend in so people wouldn't notice me. Like my style beforehand was very, um, just like with the trends. And now, now it's more just what I feel like wearing and what I like seeing in the mirror so like and so that's incompetent bruce Wayne yeah red yeah right <laughs> so i really like tight jeans because they they just feel good i like <laughs> tight clothing and i, I like so that why you like tight okay. jeans? okay sure go ahead my first question is do you like tight jeans because they accentuate other parts of your body <laughs> uh, i guess there is that added benefit uh, but as a, but I just I feel comfortable in them like and it's not so much the tightness it's like the stretchiness you know like they feel comfortable like when I used to wear baggy pants I used to just feel like there's all this material here but there's not a whole lot of body like this is just excessive material um, and I have a very modern design aesthetic where uh, I like to design things where uh, you have the absolute minimum necessary 
So you're like right. You you're so you're so you're a sexy disabled minimalist. Yes. Yeah. I like I like minimalism and modernism and uh, where there's not a lot of extra stuff, you know. And I don't like wearing I don't like wearing stuff with a lot of branding on it or a lot of designs or things. I like the design to come from the accent pieces. Like I wear really funky socks. Uh, or not funky, but like I very I wear very um, bright socks, and like my bow tie bow ties tend to be bright yeah, and your added. Yeah, bow tie is what I is what I was like. I gotta talk yeah. to this guy because he yeah. he's killing it on the. <laughs> You're I like to add with those kids and you in the bow tie. I was like, I fell in love with you right away. I was like, I need to talk to the person right now. <laughs> Thanks. Because of the bow tie. Right. Yeah, I like to add little pops of color and. And people don't wear bow ties enough, I think. So, especially for occasions and things like that. Might I mean, also most be, days. That sorry? might also be it's not 1945 anymore. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but I appreciate well, that you're bringing it yeah, back. Right. Well, most days I wear like a t-shirt and jeans, right? It's pretty casual. Yeah. But I felt like, you know, if I'm going, if I'm going to some event, I like to class it up a bit because when else do you do that? Yeah. And I mean, and it's true. I think when you are disabled and you're trying to be you're trying to be you're trying to you're trying to wear a certain aesthetic it can be really hard like i have just embraced the fact that track pants are my jam and that's what i'm gonna wear and like for me the tight stuff because i'm and this is why i'm curious too i'm sitting a lot all the time and so i'm wondering like isn't your junk like ow this is tight you don't sit on this like because do i sit on my junk no i mean my junk sits forward um it does get uncomfortable at times, but I I can also like stand up and like wait. Oh, uh, okay. Because I I, I don't have yeah. that those cool abilities, so like right. standing up is not a thing I can do. So if I'm sitting yeah. on it, it's like okay, that hurts. Like, no, right. no, yeah. like all right. Yeah. Um. So how um, did all of this? Yeah. Kind of. How, so the coaching you received. How were how were you like? Okay, this is what I want to do now. This is my. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. Right. So I want to mention one more thing about the the clothing that you said that um, came up for me was the, what was it? I thought it was really important to share with the disability audience. It totally is. Um, oh yeah. The idea that the whole blending in thing, right? Like before I was trying to blend in uh, because I didn't want people to see me as different, but then my coach, this coach was like, Hey, uh, maybe this is like, not okay to say, but I don't think you're ever going to be able to blend in. Like you're gonna, you're gonna stick out everywhere. I love right? that. And I love that he said that to you because yeah. I, I love that so much. Yeah, and and then as soon as he said it, I was like, oh yeah, like shit, you're right. And then I just embraced it, and then I just did whatever I wanted. Like I colored my hair. I wore uh, these big blue glasses that I first thought were too big for my face, but I'm like, you know what? I want people to know that it's okay. Like, go ahead. You can look at me. And actually I want them to look at me. Like I want to, I want them to look at me and be like, not to, and I want them to look at me and not feel, oh man, like sucks for him. I want them to look at me and be like, what you mean is you don't want them to give you derp face. You know, you know the face I'm talking about when you're walking, when you're going down in your day and you look at somebody and like, just because we're human, you see somebody and you smile because that's what being polite is. So you smile at them and they look at you like, <laughs> they look at you like, 
you smiling at them and existing in the world in their space is right. either the worst thing that ever happened to them yeah. or the saddest thing that ever happened to you. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny. It's hard for him to remember that because most days now, like I don't get that look like I, cause I, I wanted to shift it. Right. I wanted people to look at me and be like, damn, he's kind of like, he looks good. Or like, damn, I want to get to know that guy. Right. Kind of the reaction you had. And I found that with, I can, I can influence that with the clothing that I wear. So most people don't wear bow ties, right? But if you do, people are suddenly like curious. They're like, you know, they, they see, they're kind of confused. They're like, oh wait, he's in a wheelchair, but he's wearing a bow tie. And like, they can, they, they kind of don't know what to do, but they, they end up, their default is like, oh, I'm curious. Like, I want to talk to this person. Like this person seems cool because he's accepted that he sticks out and he's just embraced it. That's, which is what I did. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm going to stick out. So might as well own it and let people see like there's been times where I've been like, okay, those jeans are a little too tight. Like I, I, I need to put those away and not wear those because my junk is showing, you know? Yeah. And as a queer man, I'd have no problem if we were hanging out and that's <laughs> happening because <Right. laughs> it's fun, but I, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So to answer your other question of, how did I decide that this was going to be my thing? Oh, so thank you for I was, bringing us back to the question. I was just openly yeah. flirting with you. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm glad, you, I'm glad we brought it back to what we're <laughs> yeah. actually talking about. Right. Um, yeah, business first, Andrew. Pleasure second. Uh, really, though, so, what, if, what if pleasure is your business? <laughs> so it's a good question that I struggle with very often. Right? Exactly. Uh, so... Yeah. So the question, how did I decide this was my jam? So I was working at Microsoft and honestly, I loved it there. It was great. Wonderful company. They're super supportive of um, people with different abilities and all that. And like, I was, I was like one of the star performers there. Like my disability did not hold me back at all. Any modifications I needed, they were totally willing to make. And like, they gave me every opportunity it was great. And then I just got a little, like, I, I just wanted a change of pace, right? I wanted something different. I felt a little, um, I, I actually started blogging while I was at Microsoft and I wrote my first blog post, which was titled, I hired a dating coach and kind of spilled everything that I had done over the past few years. And people seemed to really like appreciate that my writing style and the message I was sharing. And so I started to think, well, maybe this could be something. And, and then eventually I was like, okay, like I uh, was, was, I was feeling a little burned out with the tech, uh, working in the tech industry, that lifestyle, it's very fast paced and it's a lot, of, which is really fun. Like I loved it in the beginning because right. things right. were happening so quickly. And then I decided, you know, with my, my condition changed a little bit and I was like, you know, I think I want something that where I can set the pace on my own a little bit more. And so, um, and I thought, okay, well, what skills do I have? And every, when I was at Microsoft, I used to love presenting in front of people. And I used to love writing um, documents and I used to love writing blog posts for the team. And the team like loved that I did that. So I got to do that a lot. And I used to get really excited about, it was funny, I used to get excited about features on internet explorer 
right? <laughs> like in my presentations, which just showed you that it wasn't it wasn't so much about the like the actual software. I just loved being on stage, and I loved being that um, that center of attention. I loved being able to share my message. I loved being able to represent other people on stage. And so I was like, okay, well, I love speaking and I love writing. So why don't I just be a public speaker? And so I just, I told people, okay, I'm a public speaker now. And that's how I got my first public speaking gig. And I really loved it. So I kept doing it. And then I decided, I, a lot of what I used to talk about was dating and fashion and interpersonal relationships. So eventually with some encouragement from my friends, they're like, Hey, you just, you should just like be a dating coach. Like that's why not just combine all these things. And so that's what I decided to do. And then uh, I got, I took on the moniker for dating coach on wheels earlier this year. I was at my friend's improv class and uh, there's this marketing guy there from Eddie Bauer, which is like a really like powerful marketing. Yeah, company. Yeah, it's Eddie Bauer. yeah. And he said, he's like, Oh, so you're like the dating coach on wheels. And I was like, wow, that's like an amazing moniker. And I looked up the domain name that night and I bought it. I was like, okay, this is going to be my moniker. So That's so awesome. Yeah. It, it sounds really similar to how so many of us yeah. kind of working in the spectrum of, of interpersonal relationships, love and sexuality kind of realize that this is what we were called on to do. Right. Um, and like, how you realize that this is something you're going to do. It's weird because we're taught as disabled people that we need a conventional job because right. yeah. job security and like money and disability yeah. is expensive. And we all, we all learn this yeah. right. from a very young age when we're, when we are disabled or if we become disabled later in life, we kind of, that's, we're told by everybody that disability mm -hmm. is expensive. Yeah. So, when you tell somebody, "Hey, I want to break out on my own," like their first reaction is like, "Oh, uh, cool. yeah, don't do that." Like, yeah. How are you going to make money from that right. to live? Yeah. Right. But to hear you say like you like public speaking and you like writing and you want and you also like talking about relationships, it mirrors almost exactly like literally how I started doing what I do, yeah. and it's always kind of awesome to meet somebody else who's like. I'm going to try this thing. Right. And if it crashes and burns, okay, but right. let me try. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is like, I, I had great relationships at Microsoft and like, once I've had that experience, like I could certainly go back if I, if I wanted to like within a short amount of time. So I think it's worth um, trying things out. And also I kind of did it on the side a little bit before I really like took the leap, right? Like I started blogging and doing all that. So I think it's important to be wise about it, not just, like jump hold, like just cut everything off and jump in. But yeah, I think it's doable. Um, and I mean, I'm still building my business, right? It's, I don't, it's not like where I exactly want it to be, but yeah, I know. It's, uh, I just felt this calling that, yes, this message needs to get out there. And kind of like you said, I felt like I've been called upon to, to do this. And, and I mean, let's be real. I mean, when I, when I started doing what I do, yeah. my first thought was, I want to get, I want to, I want to engage in messy relationships, like not messy, mm. but I want to do all the stuff that yeah. everybody else gets to try that I haven't right. got to try yet. So yeah. breakups and like, you know, stupid things. I wanted to try all of that because I never want breakups, Andrew. Really? 
Well, I've just much like how you're saying, I'm 33 and I've never had a long-term relationship. So, oh, okay. so like, I mean, I'm a heartbreaker. I'm a heartbreaker, but I haven't, you know, the the conventional relationship hasn't really worked out for me. That's so that's true. something that, okay. I'm, that I'm kind of moving away from. But like my initial reason for starting what I, for like starting my business and the work that right. I do was yeah. to like, let's, I want to try all that. And if I can also yeah. make some money while doing it, great. Like, right. I, I I really respect that because I just I just share that with some of my uh, close friends and family. I was like, hey, like I think did I start this like dating coach thing because I would like because I want I secretly thought it would help me like meet more women and be more attractive to women. And I was like, yeah, like that's why I started it. You know, like it was it was a big motivator. Like it wasn't the only motivator. Like I still wanted to share this message and all that. But like, yeah, in my it's interesting because I've had more, I've had fewer dates as the dating coach on wheels, but more relationships as the dating coach on wheels, which oh, is interesting. Nice. Like before uh, I started doing this, I went on a ton of dates, but nothing ever really like stuck around. And then as I started doing this, I've had in the past, I've been doing it for about two years and I've had like uh, three like significant relationships in that time. Wow, and that's... so like fewer first dates, but like a lot more like, you know, 20, 25, 30, whatever dates where you yeah. just like kind of start dating someone and seeing someone for a good amount of time. So a good amount of time. Yeah. And so when all that, when all that started happening for you, like you talked about how you were a wheelchair user from 15 yeah. and you're now, how old are you now? I'm 28. Okay. So yeah. you've been in wheelchairs for like for like 13, 14 years. Thirteen, almost? fourteen, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I had a disability before. Like, I mean, I have a disability, muscular dystrophy. So you could tell if I was walking, you could see that there was something different about me. But if I was just sitting there, you may not be able to tell. Right. So I did kind of blend in when I was younger, but then after fifteen, there was like no blending in. The reason why I, I bring that up is because yeah. I am I've been a, wheel, a wheelchair user since birth with CP. Okay. Yeah. So I don't have the experience of going from one way of being perceived to another. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, like, 15 is a tough time for anyone. Oh yeah. 15 is like a shitty time for anyone right. because you're 15. So I can't imagine going from like being perceived perceived as able. Yeah. And then having to like switch at 15 to a wheelchair, can you kind of share some teenage awkwardness about that? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I didn't talk to anybody about it until my dating coach had that conversation with me when I was around 23. So for eight years, I never talked about it. And my parents would sometimes ask me like, oh, like, you know, are you dating anyone or is there anyone of interest to you? And I just, I went with my default answer of like, oh, I'm too busy for that. Like, I can't, I can't think about that right now. When in my head, I was like, like, who would be interested in me? Right. Like I'm this like broken person and like, I have this wheelchair now and like, no one's gonna be able to do anything with me and I can't do this and I can't do that. And I felt all those things and um, I just kind of shut down. Know, instead right. of talking about it and I wish I had talked to someone about it because that would have gotten it out and I, w I wish like your podcast was around right where I could 
listen to it and uh, think, have other perspectives to help me out because I didn't know anyone else in a wheelchair. I was the only kid in my high school of like, uh, my class was 700. So about 3,000 wow, kids. you were the only kid out of, out of 699 other kids. Oh, that that was kid. my that was my class, um, but the entire high school was about 3,000 students. Still though, I mean, you're like, your class of 700, you were the only person with a visible disability. Like, visible wow. Disability, yeah. yeah. So as wow. far as I remember, yeah. So I felt Gosh, very different and I felt very alienated. And like, I, you know, I had to, I was the only one that would use like the ramps that like, there was this one part of my school where there were steps and then there was a ramp next to it. And like, pretty much I would be the only one using the ramp. And I just felt so different all the time. Um, and I would have to use the elevators. Right. And my friends at the time, like they would, um, I also didn't have very like close friendships at the time, which made it tough. And like, they would go down the stairs and they would go up and down the stairs, which was kind of in the middle of the school. Whereas the elevators were at the ends of the school. So I felt different even in that regard. And I would sometimes be late to class and my wheelchair would like make, it makes noise, right? Like it clicks when you engage it. Yeah, so, it's the sexy click sound that we right, all the have. Sexy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sexy so, click sound. Right, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting in a regular chair anymore, right? I would have like a different kind of table or all that, and I just felt so different, and it was very uncomfortable, and I, I talked to nobody about it because I was ashamed. Yeah, I did the same thing, except I didn't talk to anybody about the fact that I was in a chair because they knew already, and also because... I was also coming out at around that same time, like at around 15, 16, I came out. So like, yeah, that I must too years. spent <laughs> years where I didn't talk to anybody about my stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually very curious of your story. Um, I don't know if you want to share it again on here. If you've I done it before, again, but sure. yeah, like the, uh, I really, I really respect that you've, you're like 60, what some episodes into this and you're talking about it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, people need to hear about this. And like, I'd love to know more about your story. I've read some of your articles and we should do, of course, we, followed. Follow. we should do, we should do a talk together. Yeah. <laughs> we should get somebody in the Seattle area to sponsor us. Hey, right. we'll work yeah. for you. Like just pay right. us. Um, but my story, like how I started all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, also like how, like, what was it like for you, you know, having, I guess since that perspective is different for me, like, I don't know what it's like to, have been in a chair since birth. There's so many facets I could go here with this. Uh, okay, let's start with the chair from birth. Well, it's weird because you just kind of, it's become second nature to your life. You just, yeah. you learn from a very young age that, okay, the chair is your thing and this is how you're going right. to move in the world. And if no one, t when you're a young, young kid, Right. And you're sheltered in, by the safety from your family. Mm -hmm. No one looks at you like the chair is a bad thing when you're right. when you're young. So you grow into this idea of the chair being okay, right? And then you go out in the in the real world where it's harsh and where people can be real kind of dorks about it, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is a new feeling, uh -huh. and you have to navigate all that. Um, right. But the idea of the chair itself, when you're using a chair from 
from a very young age. Like I got my first chair at four, and I, I, I zipped around my neighborhood, and I like I went on the highway thinking I was a car. Okay. And I almost got myself killed a bunch of times. Oh, so it was really, so yeah. So, but you learn kind of the, the chair is a part of your existence, and you don't. It doesn't. It doesn't deter you, which is why I was like, oh my god, a chair at fifteen! Like I can't imagine right. the the shift. Um, yeah. Huh, and okay. then at 15 and 16, like I, and I've told the story before me coming out was, <laughs> it was ridiculous because I, because I was just so awkward and I really uh-huh. truly believed yeah. that, um, that the, the lacrosse player, cause we had lacrosse in my school, okay. the, the hot lacrosse player, if I yeah. came out to them, they were, we were going to make out the lockers the next day. Okay. <laughs> Which wasn't what was happening. Okay. Um, and so, and then when I, you know, fast forward like seven or eight years, yeah, I wanted to do queer queer stuff and disability for years, right? As my work, but yeah. everybody said, you know, that's not going to get you money. You're not going to. Huh. Nothing will come of that. Like right. it, that. That's not a brand. Don't do it. So, right. I right. did a master's in in law and disability. Okay. And, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to have an actual profession. Yeah. That never turned out. And okay. I was working for a telecommunications company for seven years. Right. Five, no, five and a half, but it felt like forever. Um, okay. I was working for this company for five and a half years, okay. and I hated what I was doing. I quit one mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And then I moved from my university town back home. Okay. Where do you live? Um, You're in the UK, right? I'm in. I wish I was in the UK. I'm in Toronto. Oh, oh in Toronto. Okay. Interesting. So I'm, east, okay. I'm East Coast. Uh, okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not like on the cool West Coast like you were all the cool mm, things. Yeah. Like, um, oh, yeah, man. You would love Seattle, like especially the, the like I went to Pride last year. And it's just incredible. Like the, yeah, the, cool the LGBT support year. It's our LGBTQ support year. The community, it's wonderful. Like everyone is, is so supportive. Disability support like they're like what's. What, what do you mean? Like in terms of like getting around, accessibility? So Seattle is kind of like two two cities in one. There's like Seattle proper, which is Seattle the city. And then there's this thing called the east side, which are kind of suburbs of Seattle. But it's still – it's like a 15-minute drive over the bridge. There's this, there's this giant Lake Washington in between. Um, so, you know, pe- I, people just say Seattle because uh, unless you live in Seattle, you don't really know what – the east side is typically so the east side itself is pretty fantastic with accessibility because it's all pretty new uh it's all developed in the last 15 20 years whereas uh seattle itself is a bit of an older city like there's there's certain parts that are not that way but in general it's a bit older like there was just a, a class action lawsuit against the city of seattle to repair i think like eleven thousand sidewalk curbs because they don't have um there's a lot of places where they don't have um the curb cuts to like go on the chair or it's like very rocky or it's very not good so i live on the east side fortunately so in my day-to-day life it's actually pretty good and most of the restaurants and places around here are very accessible but in seattle itself it can be kind of hit or miss right Right. So I'm just thinking about you being like the dating coach and like yeah. going around in your chair. If it was hit or miss, yeah. like that's tough for that would you. Be tough. That would absolutely be tough. But fortunately, I live on 
the east side where everything is very accessible. There's elevators everywhere, ramps and curb cuts. And I mean, it's all new development. It tends to, I think it tends to be a factor of the, the, when the area was developed, like if it's newer, they tend to follow the codes a little clearer. Right. And right. So, so I'm curious about, and I'll get back to, I might get back to my story. I'm not sure, but I have a question for you about, about, uh, sexuality, like sex. Yeah. Right. And your disability. So, sure. so your disability changes and can morph over time, and is is what I guess the medical community would call progressive. Yes, yeah, um, it's a progressive in, condition. And yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. Like, does your disability change, or is it pretty much the same? I thought it was the same until recently, where I one day stopped being able to pee, and I was like, "Well, that's new." Oh, okay. So. Cool. Uh, <laughs> A nice so, little present in the morning. Yeah, that was really super fun for me to go to the hospital and be like, "What?" So, yeah, yeah it's a it's a new it's a new thing that I'm kind of navigating. Um, yeah. Technically, CP is not supposed to be progressive in that it's not like a myelin. It's not one that where where you would like lose your you wouldn't lose like muscle. You're not supposed to lose muscle function, but okay. there's so much they don't know about my disability when. You become an adult. Typically, when we talk about cerebral palsy, it's a childhood okay. condition right. that they really put a lot of money in for kids. Okay. But the minute you get older, yeah, it's like, oh, we don't know what to do. <laughs> like, what? Oh, why, why is that? Like, it, it's. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I having all these these different health things and yeah. going to medical professionals and saying, right. what do I do? And them saying, we don't know. It's like, oh, right. great, Ugh. awesome. It's like, thanks for. I just made this trip. Like that's the thing annoying thing about medical stuff is like I, like I would go to my neuro. My mom would also always make me go to my neurologist, you know, to like because I have this progressive condition. Yeah, yeah. And like we'd go every year, and like he would just say, "You just do like the usual tests, take some notes, and be like, okay, just like keep doing your therapy and stuff." And I'm like, what? The, what was the point of this like two hour excursion? Yeah, to, like why are we here? Like this is so pointless. Like I could have got that on the internet, right? Like in in two seconds. So yeah, you could have uh, skyped me, and we could have done it like right. visually. Like yes, like it just seems way backwards. But but yeah, so my condition is progressive. So were you going to ask like what has changed? Well, I just think that, I don't I don't even remember what my initial initial line of questioning was, but um, that and also what like what's changed in terms of like getting it on in sex is like, okay. because it's progressive is, yeah. it a, is that something you have to consider yeah it is so in the past i was more able to be on top like for for longer it's also hard to say because i haven't i haven't had like there's i had a relationship with a much older woman like i was 25 and she was like above 50 for uh and that was like a that was probably my longest relationship. It was, I think, like seven or eight months. And like there was a lot of sexual experimentation there. So I felt comfortable trying things, even though. Let's dive into that. Sure. <laughs> uh, I felt comfortable trying things that I didn't know if I was going to be able to do because she was just so accepting and like, like we were, we were in love, right? And I think that's what makes sex really great. Yeah, sure. There's a place for the, for the hot and like just quick and like you're just lusty uh, sex, fuck, right? There's, there's a place right. for fucking, and there's a yeah. place for 
We're like making love. Making love, and I'm I'm kind of the make love type. Like I t- I tend to prefer oh, I, that. I can tell just by talking to you and just by like the suaveness of your voice. I already knew <laughs> the minute you got on. The minute we started talking today, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's got this. Uh, yeah, I tend to tend to prefer that. I mean, I've done the former, and I just was like, okay, like I guess that was fun, but. Like, I don't really care for this. Like, it's not, it's not, fun. it seems, I think it's more exciting in my head than when I actually get down to it. Yeah, me too. The whole idea of like yeah. a quick, like, thanks for that like kind of text. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds hot. Yeah. But I'm a romantic. I like, like, right. you gotta, you gotta yeah. move me a little bit. You gotta make me like, right. like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious. First of all, I like that you immediately were like, well, me being on top is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that you went right there. As yeah. soon as you did, I was like, okay, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're there. We're there. So yeah. that was awesome. That's that's yeah. staying in because that's great. Okay. I don't think I can edit this podcast because it's just okay. too good. There are too many okay. good moments. Awesome. Um, sure. yeah. So so like what kind of stuff with your disability? Like, do Are you at a point now in your disability experience where you need yeah. – Help? Is that something that's uh, come up yet? How, no, I'm not. You mean from like someone other than my yeah, like sexual a PCA partner? Or... No. Well, I so I have a. I actually call them assistants. Um, you know, like someone who helps me, but they just help me in the morning. Like they help me. Um, the the only the only thing they help me with is getting dressed. Everything else I do on my own, um, and then they're also just around. Like I I also. Um, I do some exercise with a walker in the morning, just like to move my body and they're around there just to keep an eye on me and make sure like I don't fall or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing, the thing I do, the, the one thing I need help with is, um, getting dressed because it's just like, um, the thing that changed the most for me recently is my hand function. Like I used to be able to type just fine, uh, and like put socks on and like, kind of button things but now it's just like zero like you can do none of those things okay so, so clearly my next question is going to be yeah so hand hand function yeah so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out for you just go into it yeah go for it off then so okay. what's oh right i see <laughs> um <laughs> What uh, I like the most about this right now is that I know I can tell you're blushing. Yeah, and it's my favorite. <laughs> okay. So, so you're asking me how do I jerk off? Pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. So I um, <laughs> uh, okay. So for it's for education, right? For education, it's for every. And you can also you can also feel free to be like, I'm not sharing this. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll just say I'll just, I'll say um I think I have enough hand function to like to like grab myself if I wanted to, but um I tend to um <laughs> Okay, uh I tend to I just use like a I use I use a cup to just like cuz it also can get messy, right? And like the the I just use a plastic cup and it gives me enough friction that it's like because for me it's it's less of a physical thing it's more of a mental thing 
Yeah, and but I'm guessing the issue, the changing with your disability is also yeah. fine motor skills. And the reason why I was totally willing to embarrass you about masturbation yeah. Yeah. was because, <laughs> and as I've said on, on the show a couple episodes ago, I recently lost the ability to ah. self-pleasure. So okay. I see. Um, why I was asking was because I was like, maybe he's got tips about how right. to, So because I like I can't so, anymore, and I used to I use and what's my, the, and my finger... What's... And I You're can't anymore. What? So it's not what did you like use to use, my, my thumb and my finger. Oh, okay. Um, so I used to like, it, 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 it doesn't look like how we see it in popular culture when yeah, men masturbate. Right. It doesn't yeah. look like my masturbation style isn't like that. So right. the reason why I totally put you on the spot there and embarrassed you in front yeah. of <laughs> whoever's listening, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Was to, to, to find out if like you, because of the fine motor skill, Function yeah. changing was right. that a thing for you? Yeah. So actually, like I'm, I'm a little strange in my masturbation habits. Like first of all, I'm not a. It's not a big like motivator for me. Like I've, I've never really, you know, like I have friends who are like, yeah, like I need to like jerk off like several times a day. And I've always been like a yeah, like once every few months kind of guy. Yeah, I have friends uh, who do that. I have friends who are like, oh, I jerked off twice today, and I'm like, really? Because right. yeah, it's why? like exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. So and it's messy and just like I don't know. I'm 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 a bit of a neat freak too. So um it was actually probably before I lost a lot of uh hand function. One day I was just, you know, so I'd use things like sometimes I'd put on a condom and like jerk off in a condom and you know that would like help with cleanup, but it was still kind of messy at getting it off and it's kind of slimy. And then one day I was like, why don't I just like use a cup, like a plastic cup? And then like I, you know, my cum goes in there and I, um, I don't like, and then I just dump it in the toilet and then I'd like toss the cup. Right. Like, and it's easy yeah, to yeah. clean up and, um, all that. So that's what I've been doing. And I also don't watch a lot of porn. Like it's a very rare thing for me where I'll watch porn because, um, I've heard that it just, it leads to like sex problems and, um, also just doesn't feel good. Like I, I would feel like crappy after it. I'm like, ah, oh, like, like look at like woe is me like this is the best I can do like I can't get the real thing so like I just it just brought up a lot of negative feelings for me. Well, maybe so. you should be a porn star. <laughs> and here's why. Here's because yeah. one, you yeah. already have the moniker of the dating coach on wheels, so you don't really right. have to do. The, <laughs> the branding is <laughs> set for I'm me. Not saying, yeah. yeah, the brand's already there. You could just darken the brand a little bit and sure. you have sexy Bruce Wayne Batman voice. So Thank you. there that there you go. Plus. Yeah. You have the niche of being in a wheelchair. Yeah. Well, why haven't you started, Andrew? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I don't. I'm actually, actually though. Yeah. I've wanted oh wait, to I saw a picture. I saw um, uh, some, one of my assistants. Uh, his name is Sam. He's gay, and he saw your picture on with some like gay porn star, and was like, "Oh my god!" Like, because he he sends um, he sometimes helps me write emails. As I'm like doing my morning exercising, yeah. And he was like super excited about me talking to you because he was like, "Oh, I saw him like with this gay porn star that I follow and all that." So yeah, he was, uh, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people in the industry, but okay. I have the same I have the same issues that you have of like how you know how am I going to feel about it? How's it going to be marketed? Right. Yeah. Uh, like, but I think 
And I was only half kidding about yeah. being a porn star. But you also <laughs> could totally do it. <laughs> and it's something you should think about because, because the representation would be awesome. Yeah. My, my question, my train of thought totally disappeared. But sure. my initial question was so, so, hand, so masturbation and hand stuff is yeah. different because of that. So right. a next question I have then, what about, and again, feel free to decline any of these questions. Yeah. Um, my question is about like thrust ability. Is that, because yeah. you know, as men, the idea right. of like, of like yeah. being able to fuck physically right. is yeah. so, so important and I can't do it. Right. So yeah. when I'm with partners, yeah. I laugh and call myself the human dildo. So I'm wondering okay. if, like, that's if like the the functionality of thrust right. is something as your disability progresses, is something yeah. you're concerned about. Yeah. So uh, can I mention one more thing about masturbation? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, good boy. So, yeah. So uh, I've also looked into the flashlight. Have you heard about that? I have. I was just going to yeah. suggest to you actually get a flashlight right. because have you, uh, I just like I, a friend of mine got it and he was like, yeah, it's kind of messy and all that. So I guess if my function declines more, it's something I would look into. Uh, but I was wondering if you had any experience with it. I've tried jerking off with toys and because my fine motor skills are so poor. Mm. Yeah. I actually had to have my assistant put it on me. Okay. <laughs> which was really that was, which was That's like, a very she, different experience, yeah. It was so awkward. She was cool <laughs> and we were fine with it, but she was like Oh, it was a girl too. Wow, okay. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. Like we were, she Well, I guess was, I don't know, yeah. It was um, cool. It was fine. Yeah. But I was also like, "Oh god, so awkward. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get right. in the zone after that." Yeah. And so this thing is on my junk and I'm trying to, to get in the zone. Yeah. And my, I don't have, and then it then it turned on a setting that I wasn't ready for. Oh. I didn't have the energy or the 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 fine motor skills to turn it off. Oh. So <laughs> wait, so you I got a powered power. one? I thought yeah, it was like, it was a, like just a, a physical device. No, it was a powered one. So okay. I had to call my worker and be like, "Take this thing off my junk." Nothing oh happened. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. my experience with toys has been less than favorable. Yeah, but I know uh, friends who uh, have worked with flashlights and said they enjoyed them. Okay. Um, I just don't know in terms of disability necessarily. Right. But yeah. I can do some research for you, and I, we can we can come back to this. <laughs> sure, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. So the the thrusting thing uh, is is a good good question. I have I you know I just want to say I love that you are like. You you joke about things that you know, like instead of being like, oh well, I can't draw, I can't thrust, right? You're like, well, I'm the human dildo, right? And yeah. I, I love that, and I think that's so important with disability is being able to joke about things. Like I, some ways, some ways I do that is uh, like I have people open doors for me, right? So when I'm on a date, and that's a traditionally like masculine thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I'll say like, I'll have her, you know, girls will typically just open the door for me. Um, you know, I won't have to tell them to do it, but then I'll kind of like check them out a little bit as they're going through the door in front of me. Right. And it, it adds as little something different than I think makes the other person feel like, Oh, this is okay. And this is actually like, this can be sexy, you know, because yeah. traditionally they might think, Oh, well, it's not sexy if I have to open the door for him. But 
Um, no, I mean, it, it can yeah. be. I mean, you have such right. a, what I love about your stuff is you have such a presence about how you carry yourself. Like, oh. it's sexy. The stuff that you put out there, as a gay man, I must tell you yeah. that there was some tingles in my nether regions when I, okay. <laughs> when I was, I was like, oh, this person, yeah. all right. But yeah. what I'm saying is you have a presence about your, and you have a, an understanding of your disability yeah. in, in conjunction with what it is that you do. Right. I think is so to do this kind of work because we were kind of in the same field. I, I want to right. say almost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to do this kind of work, you have to be, you have to embrace the fact that you're awkward, and I think that we've both done that in different ways. Yeah. Like I am the most awkward person ever, and I, I, <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't want to own that. I wanted to right. be like you said and be fit yeah. in, and now I'm just like, no, right. awkward's yeah. my brand. It's like, cool. Like it's all right. Yeah, yeah I love that and. You know, honestly, people comment ever since that video came out, I've gotten so much. I think it's the top comment on the video was like, oh, you're the, about my voice. Right. And the funny thing is I have been so self-conscious of my voice ever it's since I had so my hot. surgery. It's the hottest thing. No, when I heard your voice, I was watching you with the kids and I was like, first of all, that's normal. Whoever came up with this idea for this video is amazing. And I want to, yeah. I need to talk yeah. <laughs> like I need to talk to them immediately because I want right. to do one. Yeah. And then... When I heard you talk to the kids, I was like, and he's got that voice? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and then I you. found out what you did, and I was like, well, this is, I got to talk to this person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad you reached out and that we got we got it together and uh, finally met up or finally I mean, it's such, a, it's such a fun a thing you're doing. Um, is there anything, we, we've had such a nuanced, like, weird yeah. conversation today which right. i love i love how there was i i had a like a set plan and it totally got derailed i love um <laughs> did you want to talk about any, the thrusting yeah the thrusting well yeah. now I'll, okay when <laughs> so weird side note when you said you use a walker i pictured you fucking somebody in your, okay. in your walker as soon as you were like yeah i use a walker that's where right. my brain was okay i don't know why good to know good to know that's how you think <laughs> But my brain lives there's a there's yeah. a fine line between professional and pervert and <laughs> okay. single and that's kind of where I live. Yeah, I like it. In that it's awesome. little place. Um so <laughs> was there anything else that you want to let us know about your work, about disability, about sex and disability, dating and disabilities, anything we have I haven't embarrassed you about yet today? <laughs> I don't know if I wanna invite that in, Andrew. <laughs> you so uh, do though. <laughs> Well, there's there's something I want to talk. I I I think I I don't know if you talked about it. I think I saw an episode about it about BDSM and disability. Have you talked about yeah, that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and I think well, we um, can, tell me tell me your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear. Yeah, I just think it's uh, I think it's an interesting avenue for people with disabilities to explore because um, uh, so there there's like a pretty there's a community here in Seattle, and I went and kind of checked it out and. It was it was a bit hard to like break into it, but there are definitely some people who are very supportive and like willing to help me experience different things, like not necessarily sexual, but even just um, different sorts of erotic um, like touch and all that. And uh, it was I, I was a little bit more like nervous. I think if I would have been more into it, um, I would have probably experienced more. And if I stuck with it, but I think it's an interesting avenue to explore. For people with disabilities because uh there's there's a lot to sexuality that is not physical at all 
Like there's a lot that is, there's a lot that is mental. And I guess the thing I would share is that kind of going back to like the making love thing. Like I think when I was younger, I often thought, well, no girl's going to want me because uh, I, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not physically what she's looking for. But I think they say the biggest sex organ in the body is the brain. Right. And so if you can, if you can, if you can arouse someone's brain, then the physical stuff tends to take care of itself, which is what happened with that, with that relationship I had before. Um, it wasn't like terribly acrobatic or anything. I think I was on top for maybe like a minute or two at a time, but like, it just felt amazing for both of us because we were just so mentally connected, you know? Yeah. And so did you feel like in, within those relationships and like in relationships since then, do you feel like, do you have a sense of yours? I'm curious, because I am constantly connected to my disability all the time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. my disability is always there. Do you, right. because you've been able to kind of straddle both worlds a little bit, yeah. and I yeah. do straddle strategically <laughs> there, right. um, <laughs> because you've been able to do that, do you feel like you, uh, like you, you're connected to the disability or not so much in terms of, like, sex, in terms of, like, you? Like, oh, in terms of sex. Because mm. when I'm fucking a dude, yeah, it's like <laughs> when it's I'm very. Fucking a dude, my disability is I'm the human dildo, and I got to make a joke yeah. about it because right. you know, his desire to have me thrust inside him will not be ever happening. So right. I'm curious huh. to like to understand if like because you've been able to to live in both worlds of being once perceived as able and now not so much, yeah. right. um, how the disability plays when you play. So. <laughs> Uh, nicely worded there. It right, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. It was really, very well worded. So I think it plays in that I will, the my partner will help me, like maybe turn or get into position or like like when I was on top, she was like kind of supporting my shoulders so that I didn't have to bear as much weight on my arms, right. and uh, so it's definitely there, but it's not something I necessarily discuss. But if I like. If I can't, like, if I just have to, like, lay down, what if I'm on top, um, I'll just, like, laugh about it, you know? And I think that's the great thing about, that's the one thing I didn't know about sex earlier is that the best sex is when you're, like, it's not, it's not like porn where it's, like, perfectly coordinated and, like, you can kind of read each other's mind. There's a lot of awkwardness and laughter and like yeah you're laughing you know, and it's weird yeah. and it's strange like, and that's yeah that's the sex that i think we in society are missing i wish right. like i wish that if we're gonna if we're gonna watch a porn show yeah. me the porn outtakes show me right. the blue show me the yeah. stuff that is perfectly quaffed right. and then i'll probably find the, the the porn stars that much more attractive because right. they're human now yeah and it's like you know they don't there's also a lot of talking during good sex. Like in porn, they don't really talk that much. Yeah. No, like, there's a lot of, like, in, in real sex with somebody, there's a lot of stopping and starting and talking right. and going. Like, yeah. And it's not, it doesn't, it takes, it can take an hour sometimes because you got to right. talk it through. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I that I appreciate about disability is that it forces you to do that. Even right. when sometimes you don't want to do that. Because like, there are moments yeah. where I don't want to do that. I want to just fuck. Right. But yeah. I don't have that. I don't have a choice. Right. Got to talk it through. And it's not so much about the, it's not so much about like the parts coming together, right? Like there's that piece of it, 
but it's not about smashing. It's about yeah. yeah it's, it's about, about that like, that intimacy, right? It's the closeness. Like I think that like the actual act, the actual sex, you know, quote unquote, is such a small part of it, and it's more about the intimacy. It's like the the lead up to it. It's the the flirting all day. It's the you know slowly taking things off. It's um, you know, ogling yeah, your partner and all that. And and then and then it, it kind of like builds to this crescendo. And porn tends to focus on just that one thing. And it's very, uh, I, I find it kind of fake, which is why I try to stay away from it as well. Although there is a site. Sometimes it doesn't you, build to a crescendo. Sometimes it, like, right. sometimes you don't come. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Each other and let the yeah. like that's fine. Right. Yeah. And you just like lay there and like, make out a little bit or just like just sit and like look at each other or just sit and lay with each other and that's and or just talk jokes about how your partner's laying with the dating coach on wheels that's what i would right. do <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what i would do yeah uh, like, how does it feel to be with the dating coach on wheels <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if you wanted to be super like weird about it yeah right. but that's that's what i would do um yeah uh, it it's so fun talking to you. Seriously, we could talk for another whole other hour. That yeah. is great. Um, mm-hmm. how do people get a hold of you? How can they book you? How can they hear about you? How do they? How can we reach out to you? The so best place is my website, datingcoachonwheels.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Dating Coach on Wheels and YouTube as Dating Coach on Wheels. Nice, Those are the best nice. ways. And I think you're on Twitter as just you. Yeah, I don't really use it. I mostly just use it to like follow some people. Um, I, I prefer to get messages and things on Instagram and YouTube. So go yeah, on Insta email. and follow the Dating Coach on Wheels. Yeah, I mean it was so awesome, and we're gonna talk. I'm gonna, I we're gonna talk about this after this because I have, I have. We should do something together. We should do like yeah, a, we should absolutely. do like a presentation or something together. It'd be great. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I I love that. It'd it was great talking to you, and like I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to like stay in touch and keep um, seeing what you're doing, and like hopefully work together at some point. It would be it would be so great. I made you blush like 700 times today, which <laughs> you did. makes me so happy. I can't even tell you. And tell your <laughs> you. tell your attendant that's gay and saw me that I say hello. Okay, I will. I will certainly do that. He's um, he's a great great soul, and uh, I think you'll appreciate uh, hearing from you. Nice. Well, it was such a pleasure talking to you, Amin, and we'll we'll talk soon. And thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. No worries. Bye. I'm pretty sure that interview with Dating Coach on Wheels, Amin Lakani, speaks for itself. I don't have much else to say except it was a great interview. I loved talking with him. And seriously, we could have chatted for another like hour and a half. He had so much to say and he he I really like how my favorite part of the interview, I swear, was when he was when he started talking about when he kind of opened up and started talking about getting on top and and really talking candidly about sex and disability because in his work 
he's so very professional and he knows how to do that and hold the attention of a room for his work. So to hear him be so candid about his experiences, I think, is really, really important. And it shows also that when we're working in the field of sex and disability, um, and there will be an episode about my experiences working in this field, for sure there will, because I have many, many feelings about it. But when working in this field, we put on a professional veneer almost. And so having that kind of come down in the podcast and having a candid conversation with Amin about his life and sexuality and all those things with muscular dystrophy and kind of laughing with him about that and being able to play with him about that I think is really, really powerful. And I love being able to share that story and and I loved being given the permission from him to make that part of this podcast. I'll be sure to put his contact information in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk soon. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs or book me to bring disability to you, head over to www.andrewgerza.com. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just a brief production note. Disability After Dark is now going every two weeks, every other Monday at 5 a.m., So you won't hear us next Monday, but you'll be able to download a new episode every two weeks, Monday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Copyright Notice. This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Any and all materials, including graphics, music, and audio recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.